Thanks for listening to Adoptive Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Isaiah 32, 9 through 20, we are going to see God's redemptive cycle, false security, disaster, restoration, and true security. So today's readings are coming from the ESV, and I encourage you to follow along. We're not going to read the text, but I encourage you to follow along, see why I'm saying what I'm saying. So today we're going to see, I gave that redemptive cycle. Uh, John Oswald actually gave that in his New International Commentary on the Old Testament in Isaiah 1-39, through and I really think it's a really good picture of this passage. He I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Uh, this is from John Oswald. He says, false security, disaster, restoration, true security. So, you see on the ends, we have false security and true security, but then in the middle, there's disaster and restoration. So, you may be wondering why it's not false security, disaster, true security, restoration. Uh, and it goes to show you, as we're going to see, the order of God intervening. So, first, we're going to look at false security, or what I see, complacent women and desolation. So, first, let's look at these complacent women. So, they first had spiritual apathy. This is Isaiah's indictment against them. These women are like the women that we saw in Isaiah 3.16, where we read, The daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantonly with their eyes. So, these are proud women. These are women who are full of pride, who are not looking to God in humility, but rather looking to exalt themselves. So, when Isaiah calls these women complacent, he means primarily spiritually. So, these women would have heard Isaiah's warnings, how he prophesied to repent, to trust in God, Yet they rejected them, and they went on rejoicing. When they should have been mourning and weeping, they instead were rejoicing. They were walking pridefully. And for this, God was angered. And for this, the wrath of God was coming. These women are in direct opposition to the Proverbs 31 godly woman who fears the Lord. That's one of the biggest things. God wants us to delight in Him, not in ourselves. We glorify Him by showing that He's our highest treasure, by fearing Him, fearing being without Him. And clearly, these women couldn't care less if they didn't have God. And that is why the wrath of God was coming. They did not fear the Lord. So next, let's see the consequences of this spiritual apathy from the women in Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be ruined. Isaiah tried appealing to the men. Unsuccessful. He tried appealing to the women. Unsuccessful. No one would listen. As God told Isaiah in chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. It's not like this took God by surprise. He's like, whoa, they're not listening. Those stupid people, which they were stupid. But God had predicted that. He said, they're not going to understand. They're not going to believe you. But I still want to send you Isaiah. And Isaiah was faithful. It's really sad, honestly, seeing Jerusalem just flat out reject God. You know, they've been given this offer. They say, we don't need it. 
We don't need it. We're, we've got ourselves, you know. We're, we're good enough. And clearly they were not. It's ironic. The land that was full of figurative donkeys would end up full of literal wild donkeys. That is what we see in Jerusalem. People who are stubborn, proud. They end up being humiliated. And then wild donkeys come take their place because Jerusalem's in ruins. But yet, through all this desolation, through all this wickedness, God's providential sovereignty, his good plan, it's still at work. He's wiping the evil away, and he will bring hope in the Messiah's millennium reign, as we'll see shortly. But before I go there, I want to make a note of the importance of women. One thing that's important to note is the fact that Isaiah addresses this passage to women. Now, in today's culture, that's not too surprising. Uh, you know, we have women's conferences. Um, women are nowadays are held in a lot higher view than they were. But for most of history, women were not viewed worthy enough to be addressed like this. Yet God didn't see things that way. We can often see the health of God's people by looking at the spiritual health of their women. You know, you look at Solomon. Solomon was led astray because he had many wives. God warned. He knew the importance of women and the importance they played in their husbands, or their husband, I guess. Um, and Solomon, because he had many wives, which was already in sin, and he had many wives who were pagans, he was led astray later in his life. So, we also see, obviously, the flip side of rebellious women would be godly women. You look at, say, the early portions of Joshua. Clearly, they had godly women and godly men because they were living in accordance with God's will. And then we see here, when these women are rebellious, Isaiah tells that Jerusalem will have desolation. So, in contrast to many of the world's other religions, God shows the importance of men and women. So, finally, let's look at restoration and then trusting people. So, we've seen this, these complacent women, their spiritual apathy, and the desolation, the consequences that they bring, and the importance of them of these women, but now we're going to see the restoration and the trusting people. So first, I'd like to notice that restoration comes first. God has to move first for man to trust him. Since we're dead in our sins, we don't want God. Even if we're offered, the sal offered salvation, we see the gospel, on our own, we're not going to believe it. Look at Jerusalem. They were offered, not only were they offered God, they had the temple in their midst. It's not like this was some stranger to them. Yahweh God revealed himself to Jerusalem, and yet they didn't care. And why is that? Is that because God isn't glorious? Is it because the offer of salvation isn't good enough? No. It's because they were dead in their sins. God has to awaken us before we trust in him. Hence, his restoration before we have a trusting people. We can't get that mixed up. And this is done to show the glory of God. 
It is only through God that we can be saved. And because of that, we trust and we rejoice in God even more. That's what he's going at. He wants us to trust him so that he gets the glory and we get the joy in having God. So next, we see that Christ's reign brings perfect peace and righteousness. We have that restoration. God awakens his people to trust him. And then we have a trusting and quiet people. When Jesus reigns in the millennium, he will lead a nation of godliness and of peace. And this is in contrast to the world we live in now. As we look around in this world, we see how creation groans. There's death, fearful conspiracy theories, power-hungry people, and perversion of morality. Yet Jesus will change that. Jesus said that he will make all things new, and he means that. So in conclusion, we've seen today God's redemptive cycle. Complacent women, destruction, restoration, and finally, a trusting people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, AdoptedBelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us at Facebook at Adopted Believers.